Welcome to the 14th episode of the Amazon podcast. Woo! Look at this. Look at this. We it's completed the spider race. We weren't we weren't uh, kidding. We're Yeah, we yeah we actually did it um we follow up what we say we're gonna do and you actually can get two more and we'll get the are you gonna do two more and get the trifecta i, I think i kind of have to know yeah no because the website like tricks you like they suck you in they're like make a goal like do six races and you know get yeah. get fifth in your age category i'm like dude i was like like is that what you just like the start of like a pyramid scheme we just we're just getting started yeah and um yeah. We, we didn't get fifth in our age category, but we did pretty well. Considering we were both sick. Oh, yeah. We got food poisoning before the race, but not like the same day, like a couple of days before that. Yeah. And um, yeah, but it's good. And um, yeah, stay tuned to the end of the episode and we're going to show you some stuff from the race. Yes. Um, but, you know, rather than doing like the usual podcast, like we're going to like jump on the hype train about the World Cup. Um, I've been waiting for this thing four years <laughs> since since the last World Cup. Mark has been born to talk about this, and um, this is like finally I'm I'm achieving my purpose in life to talk about this. Uh, we decided to celebrate this occasion um, that you know halts the whole world of sport every four years and brings a beautiful game to the biggest of you know states stages, and it's just beautiful. Well. I guess that's one way of sugarcoating an event held in a country that violates human rights and uses stadiums <laughs> built on slave labor. That's true. Nobody can de- deny those facts and logics, as uh, Ben Shapiro would say. Nevertheless, this is a World Cup. Oh, my God. <laughs> sport ethics. Are you t- we're taking sport law next semester. Oh, yeah. Keep, stay tuned for that. And guess who's the professor? Emily Ross. Yes. Woo-hoo. I'm so excited. Um, yeah. Now that, you know, we've mentioned the elephant in the room. <laughs> That's a big elephant. Yeah, we can get into the World Cup preview. Um, so uh, the format for this preview, we will go through each team. We're going to highlight um, one, like, one narrative that you got to follow a storyline. Um, one player to watch. Um, and a five-match uh, form report. And then we're going to rank them in the tier list. That's going to contain the following categories. Okay, so there's no chance, which is knockouts at best. Oh, no, no, oh. no chance. That's like, it's two different ones. Oh, two different yeah. ones? Okay. Yeah. No chance, number one. Number two, knockouts at best, meaning that we believe the knockout state is the most the nation can achieve if they put up their best performances. An underdog, contender, and favorites. Tag yourself. Yeah, I want you to get involved in the comments. and. Uh, you know. Tag yourself. Which tier list do you belong in? <laughs> contender for me Woo. um i would say let's start with group a um the first nation we're going to cover is Qatar. this is the first world cup they're going to be playing in not just not really because they played for it but because you know they're hosting it so um yeah i mean the big storyline is to see how they perform most of their players you know play locally in the Qatar league um and you want to see how they do when you know they face the top opposition that plays in the top European leagues. Um, watch out for Almoez Ali, who's their top scorer in the, well in history in, in Qatar. And uh, Qatar have won two of their last five games. They will have a home advantage, but I would say there's no chance they go through to the knockout rounds. Um, I wouldn't expect them to make the knockout stage at all. Wait, has it been hosted in Qatar before? No. First, first time. 
I think it's the first time I've ever hosted in the Middle East. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Huh. Well, Ecuador is the second team in Group A. Ecuador is a young team with an average of 25.6 for the age group. Their youth is highlighted by the 21-year-old midfielder Moises Caicedo, who will be scouted by the biggest team during the competition, given his form in the Premier League. Ecuador has won one and drawn four of their last five games. So, hmm. And despite their exciting potential, they have no chance no chance at all you hear that of winning the wc so don't place your bets so door. um maybe we're like we might be wrong and maybe we, <laughs> we you're gonna like slap yeah, us in the comment section marco but, isn't the the tell all i mean if, if if i really know how this is gonna end i would be betting on it yeah. and making money out of it. your sports betting like oh yeah that's at the spartan race marco got roped into getting a sports betting app so he can get a, a discount on his shirt yeah, it was so worth it. I hope I don't get hooked on sports betting. I hope that you, I hope you will. I have friends who, like, shout out to my friend uh, who goes to U of Tampa. He's hooked in sports betting, and, um, yeah. It's one way to make a living. Hopefully he, he wins at some point, because he last night I was talking to him, and he wasn't winning. <laughs> As he usually is. Um, Senegal, on the other hand, won the African Cup of Nations in 2022, and while they were crowned the best national team in the African continent, it remains to be seen if they can perform against the best teams from other confederations. Their player to watch is Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane. Yeah. Sadio Mane. They're a star attacker who's in the prime of his career. They've won four of their last five, and we believe they will reach the knockouts, but will lose in the early stages. Why? They've got a really good team, really good quality, like in general for an African team, because like in general, the best players in African teams, um, you know, born in Africa, most of them play like for France, for England. A lot of them play for another country just because mm -hmm. they moved there when they were really young oh. and went through the whole academy system there. And um, it's not really just, you know, because of them, it's because the opposition is so much better. Right. Hmm. Um. And then now we're going to talk about the Netherlands. And they returned to the big stage after not going to the 2018 World Cup. Um, they've improved since appointing Louis van Gaal as manager. And I would say you got to watch Cody Gakpo, who's been scintillating. Um, <laughs> he's been in scintillating form since the beginning of the season, um, registering nine goals and 12 assists in 14 Eredivisie games. Um, amazing. Um, they've won four of the last uh, five games and drawn the other one, and their fine form and talented squad places them in the underdog category. I wouldn't say they're contenders. I would say they're underdogs. Um, England. So they start off our coverage for Group B. Um, the narrative to follow is whether or not Gareth Southgate can get the most out of one of the most talented squads in the world and if they can turn a page on the terrible form oh in the Nations goodness. League, because, you know, they got relegated terrible. from League 8 in the Nations League. Um, I would say watch out for James Madison, who's registered 11 goals. Wait, goal James Madison? Yeah. He's registered 11 goal involvements in the past 13 Premier League games for Leicester City, and, you know, Leicester City haven't been doing that good in the league, and he's just been amazing in carrying them on his back. So watch out for him. Um, England is uh, winless in the last five games, um, but the quality in the squad cannot be denied. Um, they're contenders for the World Cup if they're able to, you know, make the most out of their, their squad. This is teammate George Washington. 
Um, Iran is the highest ranked Asian team in the official FIFA rankings, but it remains to be seen how they perform against a better opposition like England, Wales, and the USA. Keep an eye on Mehdi Tarimi, who has been stellar for the FC Porto this season, and help this team knock out Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. Iran has won three of their last five games, but the quality of their opposition gives them no chance of progressing past the group stage. Honestly, Iran has been surprising me. Like, I don't even follow sports, but like I see them popping up out of nowhere lately. Um, here, the USA is heading to the World Cup with a young squad that has an average age of 25.2 and features more players playing in Europe than in the MLS. Our player to watch is a 19-year-old Eunice Moussa, who has been amazing for Valencia this season. Despite the young squad, the U.S. needs to turn their form around, given that they have only won one out of their last mm, five games and having won outside U.S. soil this calendar year. This, this questionable form won't see them pass the early knockout stages. Yeah, that's, Come on, guys. That's not something Americans want to hear, but I really don't think that you're going to get farther than that. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Uh, let's talk about Wales. No, not the animal. I'm talking about the country. I wish. Um, oh, yeah. We, were, we went to we the Aquarium, really firm, but no whales there. No whales. Um, so they're going to their second ever World Cups, first since 1986. Um, and they are going to seek to outperform England, their noisy neighbors, in Group B. You can look forward to uh, watching their young right back, Nico Williams who has been amazing this season after his transfer from Liverpool to Nottingham Forest. He's got great pace. He's got amazing passing ability. Like, you really should watch him. If he does really good, he might end up, like, getting a transfer to a bigger team. So, um, Wales are winless in the last five games. And unless their form changes, we've got no chance making it past the group stage. <laughs> and you know now we're going to talk about group c you know argentina they're favorites to the world for the world cup according to like betting odds and i would rank them there um they've they're unbeaten unbeaten in their last 35 matches wow that's the longest running like active streak at the moment we unbeaten for 35 matches yeah like in 35 different teams like different well, not, not all the time different teams because they, they play like in the South oh, American right. Confederation, but it's 35 different matches in a row. Um, Jeez. Yeah, and if they uh, win, well, if they're unbeaten in, in their three group stage games, they are going to take over Italy's record unbeaten streak of 37 matches. So hopefully that doesn't happen from my point yeah. of view. Um, the player to watch is obviously Lionel Messi, one of the GOATs. He's heading into his last World Cup ever. And he's going to want to lift the trophy for the first time in his career. Um, given Argentina's quality, historical pedigree, and amazing form, they're one of the favorites for the tournament. I would even say the favorites, but hmm. watch out for them. Well, Saudi Arabia is heading to their sixth World Cup with a squad that contains zero footballers who play their club football in Europe. What? Yeah. What do you mean about that? Well, I mean, the best leagues are in Europe. All their oh. players, you know, they don't play in Europe. Oh. And it's kind of like a red flag when you compare them, you know, yeah. teams who, who have players in the top leagues. I see, I see. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they perform against opposition as players who compete in Europe's top divisions. Their star player is Salem Aldosari, who has been one of the best players in the Saudi Pro League. They have won one and drawn four of their last five matches, and they definitely have no chance 
of winning the tournament or or even reaching the knockout phase. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's oh, I mean, nobody expects anything from them. Yeah, they're just there to have fun. They're the underdogs. Yeah, plus they don't even have to travel that much, you know, from Saudi Arabia to Qatar. Tickets are cheap, I think. I really, <laughs> I haven't checked. Um, and now we're gonna talk about Mexico. Um, they're heading into the 2022 World Cup with a squad that and a team that has stagnated in the past years. You know, they've fallen behind the U.S. and Canada and the North American. You know, in the Concacaf qualifiers and everything, they um, they definitely need to improve if they want to make it past the group stage. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how players, you know, like Irving Lozano, who's performing amazing for Napoli, are able to, you know to play with the Mexican national team. And he normally does really good for the Mexico team. Um, I would say uh, they've won two of the last five games. Uh, don't expect them to do anything beyond like the early knockout stages. Hmm. Poland, we're getting close to home for me. I don't know if you can tell by my hair and complexion, but I'm from that area. Poland is a team that has been tremendously dependent, not Poland. Poland's been a team that has been tremendously dependent on Robert Lewandowski, and it will be interesting to see if they can find other sources of goals in the 2022 World Cup. Lewandowski is their player to watch, but Peter... Piotr Zielinski. Piotr Zielinski. Um, his amazing form with the high-flying Napoli earns him an honorable mention. We expect Poland to reach the early knockout stages based on the recent form, which has seen them win just one of their last five games. Oh... Now we're going into France, and I think it's the hardest team to predict, given that there's like this whole like World Cup curse going around. That if you win a World Cup, the next World Cup you get out on the group stage. That happened to Italy. Oh, really? Happened to Spain. Happened to Germany, and France won the last World Cup. So maybe it's just a psychological thing now. Maybe they're doing it to themselves. I'm a psych minor. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Um, a huge story to follow is, um, you know, how Didier Deschamps, the manager, is able to manage all the egos in the team because, you know, we're talking about Julian Mbappé, Karim Benzema, Antoine Griezmann, um, Adrian Rabiot, and his mom because his mom is uh, very demanding. Right? <laughs> she she gets into fights with the other parents in the team. Um, Jeez. Yeah, she's definitely a, a soccer mom that never grew up. Uh, <laughs> and many of, you know, others create... You know, that kind of like a lot of tension. And let's see if he can create a winning atmosphere in the team. Um, my player to watch is Eduardo Camavinga. Really young. He's a teenager. He's amazing. Um, he's a center mid and he's going to be required to take over the duties of Paul Pogba or Angolo Kante since both of them are injured and they're, you know, the experienced midfielders. So France has only won one of the last five games. Um, their squad is stacked with with quality. So I, I would still say that they're among the favorites to win the World Cup if they're able to get their, you know, their tactics together and they're, they're able to, you know, make the most out of the squad they have. But I personally think they're going to underperform the high expectations that the world has set on them. I don't think they're going to win it. Like, objectively, like, based on the squad that they have, they should be favorites. But I think, you know, when all these factors of, like, tensions, overconfidence are coming into play, I would think that they're going to Overconfidence, really. Yeah. France tends to France tends to do that. Yeah, we're not being stereotypical with French people being overconfident. We are. Uh, <laughs> Australia. I might study abroad here. Let's see. Australia has a squad that features seventy three percent of players who play their club football abroad. So it'll be interesting to see how they play together. Their star player is the goalkeeper Matthew Ryan. The, and the Aussies have won their last five games, but all wins 
come against easy opposition. Don't expect them to progress past the group stage. So you're saying that like they got the easy people basically? Yeah, they won like games against really bad teams oh. in like in, in recent months. But well, it looks good on paper, I guess. But you know, when we talk about Denmark, for example, they're in the same group and they're one of my favorite teams to watch. They're interesting, and let's see if they can replicate their Euro 2020 performances at this World Cup. Uh, make sure to watch um, with special attention Jesper Lindstrom, one of my favorite players to watch. He's young. Uh, he's a midfielder playing for Eintracht Frankfurt. He's been amazing this season, and he's just 22 years old. Um, he's racked up eight goal involvements in 14 Bundesliga games, so he's my player to watch. Denmark have won three of the last five games including a win against France. Um, but their overall form, you know, is, has been amazing in the past couple of years. I would say that they're underdogs for the World Cup. They might get to the final. If they get everything together, if all factors play, they might be like the Croatia of this World Cup. Hmm. Tunisia, I did a project on that in the seventh grade. I still don't know where it is, though. Has qualified for the World Cup for the sixth time. Their player to watch is the 19-year-old Hannibal. Oh, I've heard about this one. Actually, Annabelle Majbri, who is a creative force in the midfield. Tunisia has won three of their last five, but their lack of quality compared to their opposition won't see them pass the group stage. How have you heard about Hannibal Majbri? I've heard the name Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal, obviously. The Hannibal, <laughs> um, the guy that, you know, took the elephants and marched into Italy. Oh, that's him? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he was like, yeah, <laughs> well, from the Carthaginian Empire, yeah. I don't hear the name very often, so... Um, I'm rooting for him. And, and also Hannibal Lecter, Silence of the Lambs. Oh. Well, I'm rooting for Hannibal. Um, Spain, they're going to start off our coverage of Group E. It's going to be interesting how Luis Enrique is able to, you know, make this work. They have no clear sort of goals. They don't have like a recognized number nine other than Alvaro Morata, who's in really bad form at the moment. Um, they, and that's the only striker they, they've taken to the World Cup. Watch out for Pau Torres, uh, center back from Villarreal. He might tempt bigger teams to trigger his 60 million euro release clause if he can put up some amazing performances. Uh, Spain, Spain have won three of the last five games and their great defensive displays have made them one of the contenders for the trophy. <clears throat> Costa Rica made it to the World Cup after beating New Zealand in the qualifiers and is still dependent in many of its older players who are heading for their last World Cup. We had a long conversation in the car on the way to Boston about um, New Zealand and how there's no dangerous animals there. Yeah. But apparently there are, there's only one. It's a spider, but it's not really that dangerous. Yeah, but yeah, it, it was- It, it was can't weird. kill you, it can't do much harm. I was in disbelief. Um, playing along these older players, like Brian Ruiz, Kaylor Nevas, and Kendall Watson is the 18-year-old Jusin Bennett who is heading into his first World Cup. Costa Rica has won four of their last five matches, but they haven't played opposition of the quality of their World Cup rivals, so I wouldn't expect them to progress past the group stage. That seems to be the theme for a lot of these guys. Yeah, most teams, you know, half the teams are going to, you know, stay behind, half the teams go into the group stage, mm -hmm. uh, into the knockout phase, and then, you know, it gets very competitive until the final. Um, Germany, that's the team I'm going to be supporting this year, um, is setting into the first major tournament under new manager Hansi Flick. I'm a huge Hansi Flick fan. He won the sex Club at Bayern Munich. Um, you know, he's one of the best managers out there, in my opinion. Um, he's bringing 
uh, really tell the team and let's see if we can take that into the depth of the tournament. Um, make sure to pay special attention to Jamal Musiala, who I can talk about for hours. He's just so amazing to watch play. You know, he has a magnet in his feet for balls. He can just drill past anybody. It's just amazing. Um, he's 19 years old and he just, you know, completed his 100th appearance for Bayern Munich. One of the best teams in the world. Imagine doing that. Like, he's younger than me. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? I'm talking about him while he's like <laughs> going to the World Cup. Um, he's racked up nine goals and seven assists in 14 Bundesliga matches. And what else can I say? He's a, he's just amazing. Um, Germany has won one and drawn three of the last five games, but they were against you know high quality opposition. So I w I would still say that Germany is one of the contenders for the trophy. Japan, also want to tell you about here, has some amazing young talent and they will look to cause an upset against bigger teams like Spain and Germany. Their player to watch is Daichi Kamada, who has 11 goal involvements in 14 Bundesliga games for Frankfurt. Japan has won three and drawn two in the last five games, and this tour might see them make the knockout stages if they can cause an upset. What's an upset? An upset? Yeah. I mean, if, like, if, oh, if, they're able to, if they're able to, you know, play against Germany or Spain and get points against them because... Oh. They're favorites to win that group into progress. So if you can get points against one of them, you know, you beat Costa Rica, then you might have a chance of going through. Hmm. Um, Belgium, they've had a golden generation the past decade, yet they haven't won a trophy. And no. that's kind of like alarming. Um, now that, you know, many of the members of the, pre like the golden generation have already retired from international football. They've introduced a lot of young talent into the team, and it's going to be interesting to see how they perform. Um, but the player to watch is obviously Kevin De Bruyne, who is among one of like, the best players in the world. He has, you know, amazing passing abilities, amazing, you know, free kicks, amazing goals. He's just probably one of the top five players in the world at the moment. Um, expect Belgium to contend for the World Cup, given the quality and the form that they're heading into the World Cup, winning three of the last five games. Canada, well, I kind of forgot they existed to be honest, is heading to their second ever World Cup and their exciting young team. Wait, only second? Yeah. That's kind of funny. And their exciting young team is highlighted by their star player, Alfonso Davies, who's one of the fastest players in the world. They've won two of their last five games and with their lack of experience, saying that they will progress past the group stage is a long shot. Yeah, but hopefully, like, I want them to do good because <laughs> I'm a big Alfonso Davies fan. Yeah, he's, he's... Canada needs, some, needs to be reminded, like, about something other than hockey and yeah, right. And maple syrup. I actually have a Canadian citizenship. Fun fact. Really? Yeah, my dad was born there. Oh, so you know, Can Canadians are famous for their you know nice people. Let's see if they can actually perform well at the World Cup. But they're famous for that. Like everybody says, Canadians are nice. I don't know. Like, <laughs> not like. I don't know which Canadians you've met, but. Everybody else says Canadians are nice. I've been to Toronto, so I don't know if it's a good teller, but it's fine. Maybe, maybe they were immigrants. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, maybe. Maybe they just weren't from Toronto. I don't know. Um, Morocco is one of the best teams in the African continent, and the quality in their team cannot be denied, you know. They have 88, is it 88% of their players? Yeah, 88% of their players, you know, play abroad. They, many of them play in European leagues. And among these players is Hakim Ziyech who's got an amazing, you know, creative ability and he can, you know, produce amazing set pieces like free kicks and corner kicks. So watch out for his delivery. Um, Morocco have won three of the last five games and 
they could reach the early stages of the knockout phase if they can get a result against Croatia, who I think, you know, they're competing against for that second place in the group because I, I feel Belgium is going to get first place. Last time Croatia played in the World Cup, they went all the way to the finals. It'll be interesting to see how far they will get this year now that many of the members of that golden generation have already retired from international duty. I would follow Luka Madrid, given that this is his last World Cup and it's always a privilege to watch him play with his graceful dribbling and millimetric passing. Yeah, one of the best players. You don't, you don't even know what that position. means. Millimetric? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's perfect. When, when he wants the ball to go to somebody, it gets to that person in the best way possible. He's amazing. Well, it shows because Trisha has won, was four and drawn one of their last five games. And this form cannot go unnoticed. And their quality as a team makes them underdogs in this edition of the World Cup. Brazil. Yeah, Brazil is definitely one of the, the favorites. They're going into their sixth. They want to, you know, they're going to another World Cup. They want to win their sixth World Cup ever. And they want to add that to their trophy cabinet. They have one of the most talented and skillful teams. And yeah, they're among favorites along Argentina. Um, I would say, you know, the mix of young talent and players in their prime makes them an interesting watch as a team. But I would say, you know, Neymar Jr. is obviously a player to watch because he's in the prime of his career at the moment. Well, he's supposed to be. He's 30. That's like the, the age that <laughs> players hit their prime. And um, Bruno Guimaraes, he deserves a, a shout-out. He's uh, playing for Newcastle in the Premier League really talented midfielder. And I would say Brazil has a high chance of winning, given that they've won the last five games they've played. So they probably go in the top tier. Hmm. Well, Serbia is one of the most physically strong teams in the World Cup, and their tall players are great targets for corner kicks and free kicks. Wait, does that mean that they're getting hit and that they're hitting? Um, it means that they're really good at, you know, they take the corner kick. Okay. Well, a lot of the players I are really. They were getting kicked because, like, oh, they're tall. You could see them easier. Like, easier to kick them. Well, no, no, no. It's very easy to head the ball into, in, into oh. the net. Okay. Well, they have players who can dominate aerial duels, and they will seek to capitalize on their physical superiority against less physical squads. Watch Sergey Milinkovic Savic very closely. His passing and positioning is complemented with an ambipedal, ambipedal. Yeah. Shoot, like. That's a word right there. Shooting ability that makes them unpredictable. Serbia have, has won four of their last five, and we consider them to be underdogs to reach the latter stages of the tournament. Yeah. He's ambipedal. I mean, I mean it. He, he, he can score with both feet. Oh, shoot. Um, Switzerland, you know, other than producing good chocolate, you know, they <laughs> produce some upsets like kicking Italy out of the World Cup qualifiers. Um, I would say, you know, one of the narratives to watch is who's going to be, you know, their starting goalkeeper, either like Jan Sommer, who plays for Borussia Mönchengladbach, or Gregor Kobel, who plays for Borussia Dortmund, who has been amazing this season and is much younger than Jan Sommer. So two amazing goalkeepers. Let's see who makes the starting lineup. A player to watch is going to be Noah Okafor, who plays his football for RB Salzburg in Austria. And, um, yeah, he wants to earn himself a big money move to a bigger team. So watch out for him. Uh, Switzerland have won three of the last five games, including wins against Portugal and Spain, and they're definitely underdogs for this World Cup. Cameroon returns to the big stage after missing out on the 2018 World Cup. This will be the first major tournament in the last decade without their defender, Joel Matip, so it'll be interesting to see how the defensive displays turn out. Keep an eye on Andre Frank Zambo and Guisa, who has 
impressed in his second season at Napoli. Cameroon has won two of their last five games, but it is mainly the fact that their opposition is far better than them that sees us place them in the no-chance tier. Well, at least they get to go to the World Cup and enjoy the whole... Where's Cameroon? In Africa. Enjoy the vibes. (laughs) Enjoy the vibes. No, yeah. I'm sure they're going to do well. Cameroon is in the um, western coast of Africa. Oh. Yeah. Well, good to know. Um, oh, it's hard to say this. You know, it's it's an end of an era. This World Cup is going to be Ronaldo's last World Cup. And he wants to lift the trophy. And that would be an amazing finale for his international career. He's top scorer in international football history. Um. And, you know, that's not just one of the biggest narratives for Portugal in this World Cup. It's one of the biggest narratives for the World Cup. Um, along Ronaldo, I would say the 23-year-old goalkeeper, Diogo Costa, is one of the players to watch. He has been amazing this season for FC Porto. Uh, he saved two penalties in one game in, in the Champions League already. And um, he's been distributing the ball perfectly to the feet of the players. You know, one of the best goalkeepers in you know, passing the ball. And his distribution makes him a great danger for the team in the counterattack. So watch out for him. Um, Portugal have won three of the last five games and are contenders for the World Cup. Ghana, on the other hand, is one of the lowest-ranking nations heading into the World Cup. 61st, to be precise. Their star player is Thomas Party, who has performed brilliantly for Arsenal this season and is not just an amazing defensive anchor in the midfield, but also a great metronome that can dictate the tempo of his team's passing. Ghana has won two of their last five games, but they lack the quality to have any chance at progressing past the group stage. Um, Uruguay. Uruguay is, you know, one of the hardest working squads in the World Cup. They've got amazing players who have a great winning mentality. And among these players is um, Fede Valverde. You know, I know this is Luis Suarez's last World Cup, but you got to watch for Fede Valverde, who has eight goals in 14 La Liga games this season and has an amazing and ability to shoot you know, goals from a long distance. Watch out for him. Um, players like Valverde make Uruguay is a force to be reckoned with. And with three wins in the last five games, um, I think that they're the underdogs to reach the latter stages of the World Cup. I wouldn't say they're considered you know, underdogs to win it, but they can get far. And finally, South Korea is the only team we haven't covered yet, but not for long. <laughs> So in parentheses, Mark put cringy wink at camera. So <laughs> South Korea has been extremely reliant on Kim Min Son in the past decade for goals and assists, and this World Cup will be no different. But Kim Min Jae's form with Napoli cannot go unnoticed. So watch both of them closely, because South Korea has won three of their last five games, and if they perform at their best, they can get a result against either Portugal or Uruguay. They might reach the knockout stage. So now that we've covered every team. We're gonna place our final tier list in the screen. And and, um, I want you guys to get involved in the comment section. Where did we, you know, get stuff right? How wrong are we? Yeah, and and then we might look at this after the World Cup and react to the prediction. And like hopefully we do like sixty of them. One of them's got to be right. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, enjoy the World Cup. It's only one month every four years. I know there's there's a lot of like narratives, you know, talking about 
all the human rights violations, but <laughs> just just ignore all that. I'm not saying ignore them, you know, recognize that, acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. But I know it's it's soccer, it's a World Cup. It's <laughs> it's hard for me not to say, you know, I'm really excited for it. I'm, I've been waiting for it and this is gonna be released just before the World Cup. So I hope that we have fed you with information that can help you, you know, start conversations when you're at World Cup watch parties. Be like, oh yeah, you should watch this player, you're gonna sound like an expert. And that's going to be amazing. Exactly. And, you know, other than, you know, the World Cup, we went to the Spartan race, as we said. Yes. Look at this. Um, how did you find the obstacles? Obstacles were easy. It was just the spear one that I didn't get. Because that was like a, that was like a carnival check. Like, no one was getting that. I've never practiced spear throwing. And then, like, how can you even practice that? I, I, like, I think I overshot it. It went, like, right behind it, hit the fence, and it went, like, it got stuck in the fence. Yeah. And yeah. So. No, it was super fun. I recommend it. I didn't really trade for it at all. And I still did okay. So I recommend anyone to just go for it and do it. 5K, though. If you train for anything more than that. I think 5K was the most I could have done without training. So. But um, on the other hand, I did train a lot. Yeah, Marco did train a lot. Um, and I hope, like, the problem was that there weren't, like, many places to overpass people. It was kind of, like, narrow, yeah. at, like, hallways in Fenway Park. <laughs> but um, it was really cool. It was really cool. And the whole experience, you know, of going to Boston was really fun as well. So, shout out to shout out to Boston, Boston, and the Boston Aquarium, and to uh, migratory birds. Yeah, we learned a lot about those. We went to the aquarium and watched a movie about it. Migratory birds are underdogs in history. Like they go so underappreciated. Like <laughs> the the green the pastures. What was it? The, oh, the wetlands. Oh, oh, the wetlands. Yeah, and wetlands. Save the wetlands. Yeah, say hashtag save the wetlands. Yeah. Do like sustainable farming in the wetlands um look at the, the johnson family you know they're amazing <laughs> Shout out johnson. and other than that i would say um, we're going to include some spartan and race feed at the end of this video um and yeah like subscribe share comment and see you guys soon enjoy thanksgiving break and the world cup bye, bye. hello msl podcast we're at uh, what's the name of this place? It's Fenway Park. We just okay. finished. Adam Sanders has never been here. We just finished the Spartan race. Amazing. We finished the whole thing. All obstacles. Um, shout out to um, I don't know to everybody that's listened to the podcast. Um, shout out to my dog. No shout out to you, must guy that gave us both food poisoning. Oh yeah, we got food poisoning from Bert and from Ham. So. Greatly hindered our performance today. But we did good. We only did burpees on the spear. So. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was that was kind of like Rick. So yeah. we we did finish the whole thing. It was amazing. Um, subscribe and like in the whole thing. We made it.